Welcome to the Minor Touches to Major Impact podcast for nonprofits. You're listening to Season 3, Episode 19. I'm David Oaks, and today we're talking about maximizing the power of volunteers and their benefits. Welcome to the show. I'm glad you're here today on the show. We're talking about understanding, stirring up the value for, appreciating, and enjoying the benefits of having volunteers in your organization. Why do volunteers matter as a fundraiser? Before we get started, I want to remind you, you don't have to do your fundraising alone. You can join the Minor Touches to Major Impact Fundraising Accelerator with myself and about a dozen other students, and you can go from being unsure to confident. You can go from being uncertain to certain. You can stop your struggling and begin to relax. Relax. Instead of living in a lack of money, you can have an abundance of money. There is plenty of money out there to do what you have been put on this earth to do. You can stop feeling looked down on because you don't meet your budget and you can begin to live as an admired and confident nonprofit leader. Don't continue to do your fundraising alone. Do it with a group of people. We meet online two times a month. Sometimes we have special meetings and we touch base close to every day in our fundraising Slack um, channels and we submit what we do to each other, hold each other's hand and we gain confidence. Plus, we get money like crazy. There's plenty of money to do what you've been called to do. You just need a little help to do it. Don't do it alone. So click the link in the show notes and consider fundraising with us here in the Minor Touches to Major Impact Fundraising Accelerator. Okay, today we are talking about volunteers. Why are we talking about volunteers when we need to get funded? Listen to me. Studies show that volunteer households give probably twice that of non-volunteer households. What? Can I say that again? Studies show that volunteer households give twice as much, double that of volunteer households. Now, these studies bring a new definition to volunteer. Actually, volunteer equals money. Volunteer equals you going from stress to de-stressing. Actually, volunteers are already donors. A lot of fundraisers don't see them as such and they don't appreciate them that way. But volunteers are already donors. They donate their time. They are giving their time away. Sometimes I lead in 
um, entry point events and I'll invite donors to come in and help us with our mission. And I'll say, even if you don't join us, I already love you like crazy as one of our donors because you came to this event and you gave your time to sit here and listen to me. Here's the truth. Organizations that treat volunteers like they are crazy special, they flourish. Organizations that treat volunteers as though they are lifelong major donors. Treat your volunteers like they're lifelong major donors. If you do that, your mission will flourish and you'll get all and more of the money that you need. Terry Axelrod says that in the new reality, volunteer programs will be operated hand in hand with fundraising programs. One of the first things church fundraising consultants do, I know this because we hired them when we raised money and had campaigns at my church. When these fundraising consultants show up, they have notebooks full of volunteer job descriptions. And here's what they'll say. Make sure everyone in your church, if you can get everyone in your church with a title and a job in this campaign. They will say, you must get your people involved in this campaign. Everyone has a job to do, and they'll show up with a lot of job descriptions. What do these consultants know that we don't? I consulted once with an organization. True story, what I'm telling you with my hand in the air, this organization disregarded their volunteers' time. We stopped and counted up the hours of just one of their significant volunteers, and we estimated that what the organization would have paid to get done what this volunteer did was over $100,000. Now, here's the irony in that story. That organization had systems set up to honor people who gave $100,000 in cash, but they had no strategy to honor those people who gave $100,000 of their time. Listen to me. Organizations that treat volunteers as though they were lifelong major financial donors will flourish. When someone is actively involved and engaged in your mission, asking them for a financial involvement is nothing more than nudging the inevitable. As Terry Axelrod says, it's just a matter of, quote, nudging the inevitable. Thank you, Terry. 84% of all charitable contributions come from households where one or more family members volunteer. Greg Warner describes volunteerism as the gateway drug that leads to major giving and legacy gifts. Oh, y'all, can I say that again? (laughs) Volunteerism, according to Greg Warner, is the gateway drug that leads to major giving and legacy gifts. That means they leave you in their estate plan. And listen to me, folks, the money that's in uh, legacy giving, planned giving, oh my God, that bucket's so much larger than every other philanthropy bucket. If you can get there, 
you will never lack for the money that you need. One of the best ways to generate major gifts, to get people to give a lot of money, to get people to go beyond just giving tips to you, is to get them involved as a volunteer in your organization. You should be inviting high-capacity supporters to volunteer in your mission. I remember remember hearing one of the most successful pastors in America say, my staff knows if I catch them doing the work, I'll fire them. I was there when he said it. What? Me and my staff, we all said, and he explained himself. The people I hire very clearly know I don't hire them to do the work. I hire them to recruit and release volunteers to do the work. That pastor has a one of the fastest growing churches in America. And trust me when I tell you, they are not struggling for the finances to do an amazing job. His emphasis was on releasing volunteers into their mission, and it had three effects. Number one, he had a small staff. For one of the single largest churches in the country, his staff is very small because they've released so many volunteers. More got done, and what did I tell you about volunteers, how they give? Volunteers give almost double. So by him inviting donors, inviting people to come volunteer, he increased his financial rewards. Smart man, his church is massive, and he had all the money he needed to accomplish their mission. Mm. Now, what does he know? What does that pastor know that we don't? Here's what he knows, and I've been telling you this over and over already just in this podcast. Amazing nonprofits and churches maximize opportunities for people to serve. Wow. Read my posts and listen to my podcast, Why Would You Make a Job Harder? About a church who made their jobs harder in order to give more people stuff to do and how it just exploded their church. What? My goodness. Why would you make a job harder? Some things you can do. Number one, make job descriptions for the volunteer positions that you need and for the ones you are dreaming of. All of them. As a pastor of a growing church, we had hundreds of job descriptions for everything from stage musician to housekeeper to a pine cone picker upper to a prayer intercessor. We brainstormed and we dreamed, we fantasized about the things that we would love to see people volunteering and the things that we had to do anyway, the things that needed to be done that weren't getting done. We wrote up a job to skip description, put it in a big notebook, and everyone who joined our church had to go through that notebook, pick out one, two, or three jobs to do, and come on in and get busy. When somebody showed up and looked through these descriptions, we made sure there was something they could do. The job description showed who was over the job, a detailed explanation of the requirements and time and skill, and the training that we gave. Here's something else you can do. Put the celebration of your volunteers on your calendar. Put a date on the calendar for one night 
when you invite everybody to come in and you just celebrate your volunteers. In order to get in on this event, you must be a volunteer. Only volunteers. A volunteer's only event. Now, this was one of the higher budget items in our church budget. We spent a lot of money. Trust me when I tell you we spent a lot of money on this once a year volunteers only celebration. We got and we provided them an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet, every kind of seafood imaginable, cooked every way we could get it cooked, very expenses. We had giveaways like you wouldn't believe. We gave away gift certificates. We gave away expenses, expensive um, gifts and prizes. We had a lot of backslapping, a lot of high-fiving. It was one of the highest events. Events, the most happy, fun times of the year. Listen to me. That meeting, <laughs> we never announced it. We never promoted it. We merely invited those volunteers, and it was the single highest attended <laughs> event of the year. Wow. So make job descriptions. Um, put the celebration of volunteers on the calendar to do it once a year. And then another thing you can do is encourage what I'm calling and has been called, it's not original with me, shoulder tapping. Encourage your volunteers to tap someone they know on the shoulder and ask them to serve with them. When I hear somebody say to me, David, come join me while I serve. Join me. It tells me somebody wants to be with me. It tells me that I have worth. It tells me that I can make a difference. Every one of your volunteers has contacts you don't have. They have nurtured relationships that are different from yours. And the shoulders they tap will be from a unique network of relationships that you're not even in. Wow. Challenge your current volunteers. Do you know someone that you could tap to come serve with you next week? Wow. Now, to help you head down the path toward, toward more volunteer engagement in your culture, in your mission, I've created a volunteer culture resource for you. Use it to help you and your team determine the health of your volunteer culture. It's my gift to you. I made it. You can click on the link in the show notes and you can get this volunteer culture worksheet from me. It's free. Give it to the volunteers that you have. Get them to fill it out and then meet with you and discuss it with you. Get your staff to fill it out and then get together and discuss it. Get everybody together and discuss what you've learned after answering these questions on this volunteer culture worksheet. And I promise you, it will make a difference in your volunteer program. All right, that's our show today. I'm glad you tuned in. Hey, don't forget you don't have to be fundraising by yourself. Check out the link in our show notes for our Minor Touches to Major Impact Fundraising Accelerator. And then don't forget, always 
Remember, we are proud nonprofit leaders on a mission to create a changed world. We're not begging, we're not pleading. We are inviting humanity to partner with Providence to see injustice become justice, to see wrongs become righted, and to leave the world we found in a better place. So until next time, this is David Oaks reminding you that it's the minor touches that lead to major impact. So long. 